Hey, it's Preston here, and welcome to the Pomsky 101 podcast, the official podcast of the Pomsky Owners Association, a leading authority for the Pomsky dog breed. Our community of Pomsky breeders and owners is dedicated to first, helping you find the perfect Pomsky through a reputable breeder, and second, helping you raise and train the perfect Pomsky. Today on the podcast, we have John Paul, also known as JP, Anuncia Sean from Pearl of the Orient Sees Puppies out of Florida. And he's going to join us today to help answer all the questions we get around flight nannies. Uh, welcome to the podcast, John. I, I really tried to get the last name right in the Filipino way, not just the American. Hey, you nailed it right, Preston. You nailed it right. It's amazing. You'd be surprised. It takes me 15 minutes to order pizza. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we're really glad to have you on. And thanks for all you do for the Pomsky Owners Association. No, it's an honor. It's an honor. I'm, I'm, I'm always pleased with POA and what you guys do. And I'm a big fan of, of, of you guys for many years now. Cool. Well, you are, I'll tell you, you're very loved in the community. Uh, breeders are always talking about John and JP and you have a really cool personal story for those that don't know it. I'll link it in the podcast notes. JP's story is, is one that you'll want to look at. So that's awesome, man. Uh, we try our best. One thing that I, I always say, we don't have a we don't have a formula for success, but we have a formula for failure. And to share that, the number one formula for failure is trying to please everybody, but we can't. But we could try our best to make everybody happy, at least. And, and in the breeding world, it's such a small world. Um, you know, I always remind people it's better to get along with everybody than, 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 than be divided. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So a couple of weeks back, we had Zadie on the podcast and she mentioned flight nannies. We talked about how they were so worth it. In fact, she even said that location should be at the bottom of the priority list when shopping for a Pomsky. So, you know, we wanted to get you on. You've mentioned you'd like to talk about flight nannies. A lot of Pomsky shoppers kind of get scared when they see that the word or term flight nannies and kind of scares them because it's extra money they have to pay on top and they don't right. really know if it's like ethical or good for the Pomsky. So today let's just like go through all the questions and really help people understand everything about flight nannies. So, so let's just start out. What, what is a flight nanny for those that have no idea? Hey, first shout out to our friend and SC Pomsky Zadie. Uh, she's my goodness, one of the best uh, breeder that I've known for many, many years and been a great fan of hers. And in fact, I have flown some of her puppies for her and uh, the puppies that she had. So it's such an honor. And but she's right. I think uh, location has been the number one step that people when they try to look for a Pomsky, they, you know, ideally when I had looking for my first puppy, I tried to you know, go to puppy find and have to limit my search to just Florida because I'm in Florida. Yep. But believe it or not, only one out of the four girls that I own right now is from Florida. Three of them are from out of state. And uh, back in the good old days, uh, we do pay what we call pet in uh, uh, pet transport where they're in cargo. Um, and People are so accustomed back in the days, Preston, that uh, we pay pet cargo and uh, there's pros and cons to that. It was scary at first because literally they're going to be in a cargo. They're not going to be in the cabin. So 
what we do with a flight nanny is we do what we call pet in cabin, which they stay in the cabin with you and they are in a approved flight approved um, pet carrier under the seats. So uh, literally they're going to be in cabin uh, versus the pet cargo. That was the way of transporting pets uh, before, and they're going to be under the airplane. You know, some, some say they're in a climate controlled cargo, but who could ever know? I mean, they're going to be, once you check them in through the cargo in the airport, you really have no idea. And then the problem with that, likewise, is that they're going to be in those carriers that are big enough for them to move. And they teach you to put newspapers, shaved newspapers and whatnot, because they know that those puppies are going to end up being locked up there for many, many hours. And I think the pet cargo have stopped during COVID because the limited flights that are available and the, because of that, the longer the layovers are, that was the first limitation. And that's where I know as far as myself, we, it wasn't by choice that we started flight nannying our own puppies, but because the pet cargo wasn't available, it got shut down. Cool. And not just that, like States like Florida, we have what we call the embargo. So during the summer, um, I'm sure it's the reverse for the, the northern states, but temperature wise, they won't fly puppies here in Florida unless it's arriving late at night or leaving early in the morning just because the temperature, anything above 80 degrees, they won't do it in cargo. So there's a lot of variables involved and limitations in, in the pet cargo. Uh, back in 2020, when COVID hit, uh, I had a litter where uh, four of them in that litter go, went to different breeders all over different states. And I told myself, how am I going to deliver these puppies? And, and what I did was I brought my two sons with me. I braved cool. the COVID. I, I, bad parenting 101 there, <laughs> but... Uh, I, I brave the COVID. Both my sons are, are like me. They're very passionate about pets. And three of us flew four puppies together uh, of the same cool. litter. And yeah. We dropped one puppy to New York. We went to Boston, stayed overnight. And then, you know, we, we brought two puppies in Iowa. And uh, we stayed at Karen's for, for a week. And yeah. when I was there, uh, you know, we try to enjoy the, the ranch life, the farm life over there. And, and I flew and I started flying puppies for Karen while I was there. And that was it. That was the start of it, Preston. It became popular that I became a so-called flight nanny. But disclaimer wise, I'm not I'm not a licensed or, or bonded or insured flight nanny. I, I own a licensed bonded and insured pet sitting company. But, you know, I know that that flight nannying is now a, a, a business, full-blown business that others have companies out there. You know, I know uh, a Florida guy named Dean, he owns DND, just for example, you know, Nason Rice, uh, he's a one-man team and his wife, I'm sorry, uh, they own Top Flight Pups. So there, there really are full-time flight nannies. I am just so happened to be a a very part-time flight nanny. I do it for my own litter. I do it for quite a few breeders that, that 
have trust issues in hiring other nannies. Um, and they, they asked me a favor of flying puppies for me and, and realizing that because I most of most of the flight nannies and the corporation or the companies, they hire airline employees. And I found out why, because they, they get to fly for free. So the cost or the cost of the flight itself is, you know, significantly relatively cheaper for them to do it. Yeah. And versus for me, I was, I was taking advantage of the whole COVID where tickets were so cheap, hmm. but now tickets are just astronomical again, because people are, are busy flying again. Um, so the difference between somebody like a breeder like me to fly our own puppies obviously we have to pay our own tickets. So on top of that is we pay what we call $125 for at least for Delta because I only fly Delta. So I'm not going to get into that. That's not the topic, but I just love Delta. And, you know, they got me to, thanks to the puppies that I've flown, I, they got me to what they call the, the highest medallion status, which is diamond, where what it is, is I get into the top of the list to be upgraded to first class. And uh, so the puppies are flying first class now. It is. And it's really, it's really helpful because the leg room is bigger. Yeah. And, and the, the, the pet carrier fits in a bigger space because you're yeah. flying in with, with two seater aisles versus, you know, th- the regular three seater aisles. Yeah. And it helps, it helps a lot having that leg room actually. So are most Pomsky breeders, uh, are they doing it themselves? working with you are some of them using uh like these other companies that you know of or hiring someone else like how are most pomsky breeders doing this that's a pretty good question Preston. i know as far as my observation um not a whole lot of, of pomsky breeders are actually just like zadie does is that ahead of the game is is hiring flight nannies and and some of them don't some of them respectfully so opts out of flying their puppies. Some of them don't even believe putting their pets in cabin or in the air. You know, there's, there's so are they driving way. when they get a customer from out yes. of state? Are they yeah, driving? I, I know the old school, some old school breeders, they, they still want to either pick up in their house. Some of it's, it's another topic to say, but uh, some of the breeders don't even want to meet for security purposes in, in their own house. But yeah, some of them are still driving the puppies. Uh, ground transportation is still available. You know, it's the, the flight nanny is, is one part we still use. I still use ground transportation. And I'll tell you why, because there are only so much that you can do as far as what is allowed to fly. Um, the number one rule for most airlines it is it has to fit an airline approved pet carrier and they have a 20 pound limit. Okay. So the dogs has to be 20 pounds in order to fly. Hey, Preston here with a little aside. If you've made it this far, you are probably serious about either one, finding the perfect Pomsky or two, raising and training the perfect Pomsky. We have people like you joining our Pomsky Owners Association every day. So if you'd like more resources and benefits in your quest to find, raise, and train the perfect Pomsky, you can head over to pomskyownersassociation.com. From available Pomsky listings uh, across the country to buying checklists to training resources and much more, we really are dedicated to continuously helping you find and train the perfect Pomsky. 
And now let's get back to the episode. Now, the other restriction that most people have to know, because I've learned this the hard way, every airline has different rules when it comes to their documentation and requirement for puppies. Okay. So um, it is technically like for Delta, they require 10 weeks old. Okay. A lot of the breeders uh, rehome puppies at eight weeks old. So I, I tell them that, you know, Delta now is very, very strict. So they only fly puppies at 10 weeks old. Now, it doesn't mean that it limits you or allows you to, to fly them. I mean, honestly, some of them, and, and it's stated on there that you need to have a health certificate. Hmm. Um, and some of them are very strict with that. But I'll tell you, pressing nine out of 10, nine out of 10, they don't even ask you for paperwork. This is to educate everybody who wants to fly your puppy. If you decide to fly your puppy, whether you're flight nanny or not, the first thing that you need to do is get an airline approved pet carrier. Okay. Get an airline approved pet carrier. Then once you check in, you, you have to understand you, when you check in, you got to go to the check-in counter and you have to pay for pet cabin fee. And that pet cabin fee ranges about 100 for some airlines. For Delta, it's 125 okay. one way. So if you're round trip traveling, then you, your return would be another 125 And then they're going to ask you questions in the check-in counter is, what is the dimension of your pet carrier? They're going to ask that. They're going to ask what breed. You know, if it's a canine or a cat, they're going to ask you what breed of dog it is. What's the age? And then what's the weight of the dog? And those are generic questions that they're going to ask. And like I said, nine out of 10, they're not going to ask you for paperwork. And you get lucky to fly an eight-week-old puppy at that point. I'm not saying it's right, but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. That, that's the only way. But, but to be sure, sure, I would educate everybody that it's better to have a health certificate in hand, especially if you're flying internationally. And then um, you have to have, you know, you, you have to be prepared that they're going to be asking you in a check-in counter. I've had, I flew for Karen once and then I, I had a lady in the check-in counter that really just not in a good mood. And I, I basically can't do anything, but to yeah. turn around. Uh, I've so. been there, not, <laughs> not flight nannying, but just, you know, you never know who you're going to get at the counter, right? Yes, correct. Correct. So, so yeah, yeah, go ahead. Flight, flight nannying is widely used by most breeders now. Uh, yeah. A lot of breeders have contacted me for the past year, asked me how to fly their own puppies. So I know there's quite a few breeders that have decided to fly their own now. Um, that's just preference because obviously they, the trust issue that they want to make sure that that whoever's flying their puppy, it's an expensive pup. So yeah. they want to make sure that it's delivered properly and, you know, taken care of properly. And, you know, you're not going to be, you're not going to be in any shape or form having issues because there yeah. were, four, there are just horror stories out there in, 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 in oh, so. I'm sure there is. So, so for Pomsky shoppers who are listening, should they be asking certain questions when, when they say, okay, I want to get a flight nanny. They're talking to their breeder. What kind of yeah. questions should they ask about the flight nanny situation? 
So I would, I, if I'm on their shoes and, and that's, that's a, that's a great question there, Preston. I think most of my flight nanny clients are not directly from shoppers. They're directly from readers. Hmm. So the readers have their own, uh, trusted flight nanny people, you know, whether, whether it's the companies that I mentioned before or, or individuals like me, you know, and, I think it's very important that that they would be able to have reference. Like for me, if somebody approaches me like a breeder, hey, can you fly a puppy to New York? And I said, okay, good. Tell me more about this details. I have a questionnaire for them to fill online. And then once I have those, I start looking for tickets and see, okay, it's doable. I'll do it. Then I start reaching out to the, to the, the puppy shoppers, the new owners mm-hmm. and the first thing that I always share with them is my website. I share them my, I share them my Facebook page. I, I I show them pictures of my past trips, just references and and so on and so forth. So it's kind of more like making them comfortable that hey, I've been doing this for a while. This is a you know I want you to do be comfortable and have a due diligence, and this is how it works. Yeah. And you know I always tell them that it's an airport to airport thing. I meet your breeder at the airport. And then I'll meet you at your airport. And how it really works is pretty simple. Most flight nanny will meet you at the luggage claim area. So, um, and then they would they would hand the puppy in the luggage claim area. That's kind of more of our traditional meeting point at that uh, particular place. Cool. Um, but, you know, like me, I, I send a lot of pictures, a lot of photos, uh, flight details. I'll give them my flight details as soon as it's booked. Um, and they could track my flight real time, you know, so they'd be able to expect when to receive it and, and so on and so forth. And then in any business transaction, I do tell all my clients, some of them pay up front, but I tell them, just pay me when I deliver the puppies. <laughs> yeah. So, it, it's, so it, they- it adds, yeah, it adds a little bit more comfort for them to know that, okay, it's cash on delivery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. So, you know, Pomsky shoppers, they can ask, okay, who are you using for flight nanny? They should be contacting that person like you already do when you flight nanny, Um, maybe get references, ask questions, you know, they should feel 99% comfortable, right? Yes, correct. I think, I think the one thing I always tell uh, any puppy shoppers that uh, there are two, there are two people that you're going to listen to the first maybe six months of your puppy's life. One is your breeder and your vet. Yeah. And, yeah. and then those are the two people you're going to always ask consistently questions. Oh, by the way, add POA to that. You're going to be yeah. learning a lot from POA, but you know, a lot of people, they have to ask, Hey, listen to your breeder. They know what's best or, or listen to your vet, you know, and wow. oftentimes they might not be the same opinion, but they're, you know, they're great resources to ask. So when it comes and to flight and when it comes to flight nanny, ask, ask your breeder who they use and, and they could, you know, I'm sure most of the breeders now, they, they use quite a few flight nannies that they trust. And, um, you know, and I would stick to that. And once that's set up, some breeders added on to their cost, you know, they just, you know, I've had breeders that I fly that I've flown puppies for, and they just pay me instead of collecting that from the the new families, uh, and that works out. I mean, some of them they give them a deal. You know, hey, you know, 
uh, will some of them give free free delivery. So you know, so I and like I said, I've seen that quite a few readers did that where they just paid me, and then some readers split it with with the customers and say, okay, I'll pay John half of it, you pay half of it. You know, uh, whatever works um, is is the goal of the game there. But uh, yeah, I would I would definitely look for references, check their website, check their Facebook page. Make sure that you're able to speak with them. Make sure that you're able to ask as many questions that you can and, and you're comfortable with the answers that you get. And, and uh, yeah, that, that's cool. pretty much it. Are there any like common uh, concerns people have that you want to just like get out of the way or, you know, is it safe to fly Pomsky and why? So I've, I've flown puppies for pet cargo and flight nanny for about four years now. The conception back in the days that if you fly a dog, that it will mess them up mentally is what it is. Because of the elevation. They go. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Um, I haven't seen a dog that had that knock on wood. I don't think there's a study behind it yet or proven fact, but you know, I think that's, that's just the stereotypes, I guess. Uh, I've even had use a stud, uh, Hayes, Hayes uh, from Lollipop Pomsky, Cheyenne. I've used him quite a few times that I've flown him back and forth from Utah to Florida and he still performed. He was able to do what he needs to do. It didn't, it didn't stop him from, from physically you know, <laughs> producing and what have you. Um, yeah, it is safe. It is definitely safe. A uh, few few tips for for anybody that decides to fly their puppies. Uh, I use a CB, I use a CBD product. You could get any CBD product out there. Uh, the one that I use is from Pawtree because I'm just you know I I, I am one of the reps. I do Pawtree, not gonna hide that. I've been doing that since 2017. You could use any of those. CBD would help. Your vet might prescribe you some. Like sedation stuff and whatnot. I try not to use chemicals, um, but you know you might be able to do that. I know Benadryl for some dogs, they use that. Uh, uh, whatever works to help them. But I'm telling you, in my years of flying puppies, there's something about the the motion up in the air that knocks them out. Hmm, um, yeah, I wish. I, Preston, I wish it's the same for human kids. But... I was, I was going to say, JP, I wish, <laughs> I, I wish that worked on my kids because it doesn't yeah. always work. <laughs> it doesn't, but there's something about as soon as the flight takes off, they, they're done. They're, they're going to they're gonna take a nap. And I think the longest flight I've had was from in Seattle to Orlando. I think that was about six-hour flight. Yeah. Oh, and I did from Nashville. I flew, I flew for an NFL player, um, LA Rams. I flew uh, Jalen Ramsey's dog. It's a no bird. So I flew for him from Nashville to to LA, and it was I think it was a nonstop like five hour flight or something. Hmm. And during the entire flight, the the dog was just asleep. Wow. Um, and that's so, a Pomsky we're talking about. Yeah, it was just asleep. Oh, no. Sorry, backtrack. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is a Bernie doodle. He's a big dude. So ah, okay, okay. 
but uh yeah five hours but it's always safe to have uh, pee pads okay. so you can lay down what i do is just to be sure sometimes i lay the pee pad in the bag just in case they really have to pee so they don't pee uh, and they have pee pads or uh, i would bring them from time to time in in the lavatory and i lay down the pee pad there and you know let them stretch out a little bit um that would work um there are some um what they call uh pet relief area in the airports um it's up to you for safety if the if if the puppies that are flying i know that are young i try to stay away from mm. the pet area just because it's like a dog park you know, it's sanitation wise. You don't know if it's clean there. Yep. So you don't want to get the dog infected with something or sick. Correct. Another, another tip I would give them is there's a lot of family restrooms in the airports and those family reps restrooms comes handy. So I would lock myself there for a good five minutes and I'd lay pee pads. So, cause they, they're not the traditional cubicles. Yeah, it's so, the open, more open space. So the family restroom is just one door, you know, and they have those diaper table, you mm-hmm. know, and whatnot. So I close myself there, give those puppies a stretch, and usually you lay down a pee pad, they'll pee, and and you're good to go. Cool. Um, I wouldn't recommend feeding the puppies before flight because some of them will get motion sickness and they puke. Hmm. So uh, I would recommend just bring treats, um, maybe some bone treats that they could keep themselves uh, preoccupied. Yeah. Uh, and then a collapsible water bowl is a big help. Uh, uh, yeah. Because they would definitely get thirsty. A number one sign of anxiety is, is thirstiness. They, they get thirsty. So those would be my biggest takeaways. And so let's just talk about the benefits real quick of using a flight nanny, it, especially with the Pomsky dog breed, there's a limited number of reputable breeders across the country. So it just opens up um, someone who's shopping for a Pomsky. It opens up the number of Pomskys that are available to them. They can find the, a better breeder match, someone who they you know are really match, matched well with, they get along with. Um, right. It just opens the door, right? To right. really finding the perfect Pomsky. And, and it could be the difference, you know, buying a Pomsky and using a flight nanny if they pay a little extra versus buying a Pomsky from a puppy mill in their home state or one for $800 down the street. They have no idea the health conditions and the history, you know, it can make all the difference in the health conditions and the future of the Pomsky. There's a lot of benefits in, in, in being able to open your options and looking into the perfect breeder that works for you. Um, A lot of times people come to me and I'm not a big, big breeder, relatively speaking. So most of the times I may not have the dream Pomskis that they're looking for. So my number one question to them is where do you live? Mm. And I asked them where they live, because if I know that as like you guys, a Pomsky Owners Association accredited breeder, I would refer them to someone that is closer to them because then it eliminates the requirement of flight any, but I get it. You know, some people would stick to you no matter what, 
because they have that that feeling that you are the breeder for them. Yeah. So find the right breeder for you. I have my puppies from three different breeders from out of state and flight nanny was never been an issue for me or flying a puppy was never been an issue to me because I know that, that you, you don't want to limit yourself to the dream dog that you're going to have. Understand that the Spomskys that you're going to have, they're going to be for you for, for God knows, I hope more than 10 years. So don't settle for, don't settle for just what's convenient or what's just available locally, you know, go out there and explore. And if there's an option to use a flight nanny, I gave you the tips just now to fly your own puppy. And it sounds like a lot because it is a lot. It is a lot to fly a puppy. There's, I'm just talking about going through TSA is, is like a nightmare, you know, and how much more, holding a puppy in your hands and, and, and tying your shoelace at the same time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a talent there, but uh, if you have the option to use a reputable flight nanny, go for it because it's going to save you your own time, you know, um, and it's definitely, definitely worth it. Um, I'm a flight nanny myself. I paid somebody to fly my stud from California to here just because I wasn't available at that time. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's, it was a, it was a no brainer. It was a, it was an, it was an easy decision because a $600 versus the time, the ticket alone from California to here might cost that, you know? Yeah. So, so, so at the end of the day, ideally you find the perfect breeder and the perfect Pomsky near you. But if you're not comfortable with any breeders or Pomskis near you, open your options and Correct. always know that flight nannies are, yeah. are an option. Um, hey, there's some breeders, some of my breeder friends, they got puppies back and forth Europe. You know, they, yeah. they, they explore that because they wanted that perfect puppy, you know, and they know right. that there's value in that. And, and I've seen breeders, Canada and, and the U S I mean, I've, had flown my puppies internationally. I have a puppy in Ecuador. I have a puppy in Panama. Uh, I have a puppy in Brazil. So these people contacted me and they're not limiting their options. And they know that getting a puppy in America is, is the best way, the best route they want to do. And that's what they did. And they were ready to, to hire flight nanny for it. Yeah. Well, cool, JP. This has been so much good information. Uh, if any breeders out there want to know more, you know, JP is a great resource to talk to any shoppers as well. Uh, thanks for, for, uh, coming on the podcast today. Is there, is there anything else you want to talk about in regards to flight nannies that we missed? I think, I think it's, it's just as important as you, uh, being a breeder or being the shopper is to understand that, getting the right flight nanny is very important, you know, because you got to be able to make sure that the delivery is done properly. It's, it's, it's very important. It's, it's the first journey of your babies. You know, this is like their first travel. And you don't want to scar them for life, right? 
Correct. You want to make it sure it's enjoyable and, and, and it's something that they would be happy to do that. And, yeah. and my best advice is find somebody that is reputable, not just that, find somebody who's, who loves what they do. You yeah. know, they're just not flying a puppy for money or job or whatnot. You know, hire somebody that knows that it's important to deliver these puppies to you timely and healthy and 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 be there. So that's that's very important. There's a lot there. I think there's a um, there's a Facebook group there now, Preston, that is called uh, Flight Nanny Puppies of Facebook, something like that. I know okay. so yeah. people tag me from time to time. There's a resource there and you know they could hire different kinds of light nannies there but again going back do your due diligence do your research and ask as many questions and make sure you're comfortable with them cool okay so i like to do a one minute round of questions at the end with all our breeders um non-related to the topic are you good with that sure that's fine oh, okay so what is your favorite type of pomsky generation coat type color all that stuff um, red woolly, red woolly. I like yeah. it. Yeah. What's your favorite attribute of the Pomsky breed? Oh, man, that's tough. That's a lot. Uh, fluffiness. Cool. What is one piece of advice you'd give to every Pomsky owner? Patience, patience, patience. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Who is someone you really look up to in the Pomsky community? This could be someone you've met in person, someone online, anybody. No, Preston, you're going to put me in trouble. There's, <laughs> so, there's so many of them. I might be in trouble. <laughs> hey, we, we know if you mention only one that there's 10 behind that, right? <laughs> I, uh, I always uh, proud it that I am a prodigy of uh, Karen McCullough. Obviously she's, she's a great family friend and, and I'm, we've shared cabin in a first Pomsky Fest, and that's how we started our friendship. But she is my mentor, and uh, I like working with Cheyenne as well, uh, only because I have two breeding females out of her. So uh, cool. I look up to her as well. Cool. Awesome. Well, yeah, thanks for joining today and, and uh, lots of valuable information. Hey, Preston, you keep up the good work. You guys are doing great. Uh, like I said, a great fan of, of your craft and what you guys do in POA. More power to you guys. Cool. Thanks, JP. Hey, thanks for making it to the end of this episode. We hope you got a lot of valuable information that you can apply. We know if you made it this far that you're really serious about finding and or training and raising the perfect Pomsky. And we are here to help. Go ahead and head over to our website, pomskyownersassociation.com, where you will find lots of valuable resources directly from our breeders and owners of the association, all vetted and reputable. If you have any questions, uh, just let us know and know that we are always here to help you find, raise, and train the perfect Pomsky.